Today, deception is on the rise. There's nothing new about deception. In the Bible, we see it appear as far back as the Garden of Eden. But Jesus warned that in the last day, deception will be widespread. What evidence do we see of that today? That's our topic now on Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we study Bible prophecy. Over the past few episodes, we've looked at current events in China, Europe, and Israel. In many of today's events, we're seeing foreshadows of the end time. But there are two very significant foreshadows I'd like to talk about in this episode and the next that are not limited to certain parts of the world. Instead, we see them everywhere. They're growing rapidly, and they are powerful indicators of the fact we are drawing closer to the end time. In this episode, we're going to talk about deception, what it is, how we see it manifest today, and how we can respond. Thank you for joining us. The first time we see deception in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent deceived Adam and Eve. Satan twisted God's warning about the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Very simply, he lied. He caused Adam and Eve to doubt what God said about the tree. Deception is based on lies. And as we know, the deception that took place in Eden had a devastating impact. It separated Adam and Eve from God, and all of mankind became dead in sin. Ever since, people have had to deal with deception. It has run rampant through the ages, turning people away from the truth and causing them to believe lies. Scripture tells us that deception will get worse during the end times. One of the more striking affirmations of this is found in Matthew 24. Shortly before the crucifixion, the disciples asked Jesus, What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? When Jesus answered, the very first sign he mentioned was deception. He said, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. This is a warning about spiritual deception. Again, it's the first sign he mentions. What's also stunning is that when you compare the signs listed in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 14, they line up with the seal judgments described in Revelation chapter 6. The seal judgments are the very first judgments in the tribulation. When the first seal is broken, a rider on a white horse comes to earth. This rider wears a crown, which makes some people interpret the rider on the white horse as being Christ. But in the original Greek text of this passage, the word crown refers to a temporary crown, not a diadem, like the kind of crown Christ wears. And this rider also has a bow, but no arrow. Bible prophecy experts say that this symbolizes a nonviolent conquest carried out with promises of peace. This rider has a bow, but no arrow. He will not wage war, 
but he will promise peace to everyone. But it will be a temporary peace. Because when the second seal judgment is sent upon the earth, another horseman comes. Revelation 6.4 tells us he will take peace from the earth. He will bring global war and destruction. This tells us that the peace brought by the first horseman is false. And the fact that it is a false peace strongly indicates the rider on the white horse is the Antichrist. If the rider were Jesus himself, the peace would continue forever. But the fact the peace will be replaced by war tells us that the rider of the first horse is a deceiver and most likely the Antichrist himself. As we read through the rest of the seal judgments in Revelation chapter 6, most of them line up with the signs of Christ's return listed in Matthew 24. So when Jesus says in Matthew 24, See that no one leads you astray, and he warns of deception, that lines up with Revelation 6, in which the rider on the white horse will deceive the world with a false peace, and that peace will be taken away and replaced with war. This will be deception on a global scale. Now, the seal judgments will not occur until the tribulation, and we are not in the tribulation right now. However, we do know that deception will be a very significant problem during the tribulation. So the closer we get to the end times, the more we can expect deception to ramp up. It's going to increase, and it will get worse. And sure enough, as we look all around us, we see deception getting worse. We are seeing deception ramp up, and we'll look at some specific examples of this in a moment. Now, for Jesus to warn about spiritual deception is alarming for two reasons. First, because deception is Satan's primary weapon for drawing people away from the truth into error. Deception is deadly because it turns people away from the truth and persuades them to embrace lies. And second, because deception is what will pave the way for the Antichrist to become powerful and get people to worship him. Notice that when Jesus warned about deception, he said, Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Many false prophets will arrive. What's frightening is that not only will deception come from outside of Christianity, but from those who claim to represent Christ himself. Jesus warned that false prophets will arrive that is, false teacher. And the Apostle Paul wrote about this in the beginning of 2 Timothy chapter 3, when he said, In the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Notice those words, appearance of godliness. Paul was talking about people who appear to be godly on the outside, yet on the inside they will be ungodly. It is spiritual deception that will be the most dangerous kind of deception because it promotes ideas that appear to be true, but they include lies within those ideas. They mix truth and error together so that it is much more difficult to spot the error. This is what makes spiritual deception so perilous. People are deceived without being aware of it. Here are some examples of spiritual errors that are spreading today. 
we're hearing supposedly Christian writers and teachers say things like, to make the Bible relevant, we need to adapt it to today's culture. We don't have to agree with everything the Bible says. Some parts of it are culturally outdated, and God has changed over time. The Bible isn't directly from God. It was humanly produced, and it documents how people experienced God a long time ago. Our experiences today are different. What was true for people a long time ago isn't necessarily true for us today. Or, you'll hear supposedly Christian writers and teachers say, Jesus was not judgmental. He was forgiving. Every person, including non-Christians, possesses a divine spirit in them. Christ died for all. So eventually, everyone will be saved. Be true to yourself. You have to take care of yourself before you help other people. These kinds of statements may sound true on the surface, but when we take a closer look, we realize they're not accurate. They are deceiving. The Apostle Paul warned that this would happen. He said there will be people who believe deception because it is what they want to believe. In 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 and 4, he said the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fable. When Paul wrote about false spiritual teachers, in 2 Corinthians 11.13, he described them as deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Then in the next two verses, he warned, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. False teachers present themselves as messengers of truth. They give every appearance of being righteous. That's why in Ephesians 5-6, Paul said, Let no one deceive you with empty words. In Colossians 2-4, he urged that we be strong in our knowledge of Christ so that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Because these false teachers will be so persuasive and appear so trustworthy, the Apostle John calls us to be diligent. In 1 John 4.1, he said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. We are called to a healthy skepticism. We are to be like the Christians in Berea. Acts 17 verses 11 and 12 tells us that they studied the scriptures carefully so they could discern truth from error. The better we know the truth, the more we will be able to protect ourselves from error. Now, so far we've talked about spiritual deception, but as we draw closer to the end time, we can expect deception to get worse in general. Deception will be a growing problem everywhere. We're seeing deception in the media, in the news, in the government, and in today's cultural trends. It's everywhere. We're seeing lies packaged as truths. Information that is false is characterized as being true when it's not. 
We're seeing certain messages promoted in the news or by the government or by powerful organizations that want to shape our thinking a certain way. They promote what are called narratives or a certain way of thinking, and they try to persuade people to believe the narrative or a specific way of thinking. One recent example of this had to do with the COVID pandemic. In the early stages of the pandemic, there were some who said that those who got vaccinated would not get COVID. This was done to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. But later, medical evidence showed that even those who were vaccinated could still get COVID. So this narrative was proven false. There are a wide variety of narratives today that are often connected to cultural issues or political issues. There are narratives about the economy or about the government or about the police or about racial issues and equity or about gender. And we're being told what we should believe. And we're told that if we don't go along, then we are bigoted or racist or we're haters or we're spreading misinformation. A prime example of the deceptions that are spreading today had to do with gender issues. I believe this deserves special attention because when it comes to gender issues, we are looking at deceptions that go against God and the Bible at a level that's more serious than other kinds of deception. In Genesis 1.27, we read that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This verse tells us there are two genders, and it tells us that God was intentional about his creation. It is God who does the creating, and it is God who makes us male and female. Psalm 139.13 tells us it is God who forms our inward parts and knits us together. God has a direct hand in the creation of every human. He is intentional, and He creates us with a specific design in mind. But in today's culture, there is a lot of confusion about gender, and people are being encouraged to believe whatever they want to believe based on their feelings rather than on the facts of God's Word. When people challenge God on the issue of how He created them, And when people take gender issues into their own hands, we cannot help but realize that they are directly questioning and attacking God. They are doubting what Genesis 1.27 tells us and what Psalm 139.13 says about us. All of this rises to a level of deception that's unprecedented. I believe this is a strong indicator of just how close we are getting to the end times. This isn't the only area in which today's world is challenging God so directly, but it shows just how far our world has fallen. It shows how bad deception has become, because it strikes at the heart of God's created design for each person. It questions God's wisdom, and it leads people away from God's created design for them. As I said, there are many other narratives that appear to be true, but are spreading falsehoods. We don't have time to touch on all of them, but these narratives are undermining society and government. They are causing society to collapse and governments to become more corrupt. Here's a good indicator of how bad deception has become. 
Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. As you look around, how many things do you see that are evil, that are being called good? The more that people twist evil and call it good, the more rampant deception will become. In more and more ways, people around us are calling evil good and calling good evil. Both Jesus and the Apostle Paul warned that in the last days, deception would become a serious problem, and the best way we can protect ourselves against it is to know the truth well. Scripture is clear about our duty as Christians. 1 John 4, 1 says we are to test the spirits. 2 Peter 3.17 says we're to take care that we are not carried away with the error of lawless people. Ephesians 5.15 tells us to look carefully then how we walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Colossians 2.4 tells us to make sure that no one may delude us with plausible arguments. Going back to 1 John 4.1, the word translated test is a Greek term that refers to testing the purity of metal like gold and silver. We as believers are to take the things we hear and read and test them by holding them up to the light of Scripture. We need to make sure that what we are hearing or reading lines up with God's Word. Our task is made more difficult by the fact that the most effective lies are those that are shrouded with elements of truth. False teachers use the same words and concepts as biblical teachers, but they attach different meanings and interpretations to them. They distort truth in ways that allow some element of truth to be recognizable, yet they add or they take away something so that ultimately it is false. Deception is a serious problem now, and it's going to get worse. We are to know and guard the truth. We're to watch out for those who attempt to bring spiritual deception into the church. And we're to be careful that we aren't misled by other kinds of deception, especially deception that so directly attacked God and His Word. When we go through our Bibles, right before the book of Revelation is the book of Jude. This short book is all about spiritual deceiver. Jude's purpose is to warn us about deception. And he ends the book with these encouraging words in verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. As deception gets worse, we need to seek shelter in God and His Word. Only then will we be able to stand strong. The closer we draw to Him and His truth, the more He will equip us so we can defend ourselves against deception. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Foreshadows Report. Next week, we will look at another major trend we can expect to grow as we draw closer to the end time. And in light of what we learned today, 
May we all be in prayer for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, asking God that they would have the wisdom they need to protect themselves against deception. While these podcasts are done weekly, I also post information daily on my Foreshadows Report social media channel at Telegram Messenger channel. If you'd like to follow me daily on Telegram, you can do so by subscribing to Foreshadows Report at Telegram Messenger channel. Or you can go to my website, stevemillerresources.com. There, you'll find a link that takes you to my daily Telegram post. In closing, I would like to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has helped to make these podcasts possible. Harvest House has many wonderful Bible prophecy resources available, and you can find out more about them at the Harvest Prophecy website, which is at harvestprophecyhq.com. That's harvestprophecyhq.com. Be sure to join us for our next episode.